of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we're converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hello, America. And beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio program. As you know, what we say, your home for common sense conservative values. And we welcome you. We're so delighted that you're here wrapping up a busy week. All sorts of things to talk about today. And I think it's kind of exciting, though it always feels overwhelming when you finally get to that point where you've had enough. I mean, your body tenses, you feel that energy, you're so, mm. we've got a lot of those stories today. I think people having enough, enough is enough. And, and while the, the, the mom in me would love to stand back and at 30,000 feet see something like it's going on in Germany happening, happening here in the United States, because I honestly think that's what it's going to take. I, I honestly think it's going to take millions of Americans saying enough, right? Um, I I don't think we're going to see the change we want, but I'm seeing little glimmers of hope on the horizon. We're going to share these stories with you today. Great show lined up. As always, we got an assortment of audio sound bites. We've got our national security expert, John Guandolo. He's going to talk to us about what's going on in the Red Sea. Are we now in third war? What are we doing here? All of this on deck for you here on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Like so many of you out there working moms and dads, I work two jobs. And by the time those two jobs at the end of each day are done, it's time for me to start planning dinner for my family. You know, dinner is, I think, for most of us, one of those challenges that that can really end a day on a good note or a bad note, especially if you're dealing with your with your children. Right. I have come to love the two hours I spend in the kitchen making, serving and and cleaning up dinner. Last night, it was Korean short ribs marinated for about three hours and some soy sauce, some ginger, garlic, some rice vinegar stuck in the oven, broil both sides, right? Till it's nice and dark brown on top. I made some kale with some sauteed onions, garlic and sausage like my own beans and greens, threw in some, some white beans on it. 
And then a side of some spinach and some mushrooms that I needed to get rid of in the refrigerator that I put together with, again, garlic and an onion. And I noticed as I was doing this, and I do this every night, I make dinner every night, how much I need to do that, how much this means to me to do that, how, how it feels to smell the food that's going to feed my family drift through the kitchen and, and reach upstairs to the boys' room or downstairs to where Michael is on the computer. And they can, they can get it through the vents and they start drifting into my kitchen during the process, driving by me, walking by me, looking to see what's going on. And for about 20 minutes, the six or seven of us, depending on who's home from college, are together doing the most important thing we do all day. No phones, no television is on. It's just us. And I sit back at a kitchen table and I watch all the boys and Joe sit at the island, six, six stools, and I listen to them and I watch them and I feel whole. I feel good. Why is it dinner? Why is it about, what is it about that for me? It's like the one thing I can do that is the most important thing I can do in the moment for, for the people I love most because I feel so wholly insignificant otherwise. I don't feel like I move much of a needle. How do you feel about you, right? How much can I control what's going on at the southern border? How much can I stop the trafficking of humanity? And how loudly do I have to scream for this Biden administration to just tell the truth for once? Just tell us what you're doing. Tell us that you're making money off of this. Tell us this is all the plan. That I, your ideal is to destroy everything that we care about. At least then we know what we're dealing with. Instead, we just get the lies and the stories and the finger pointing and the excuses. And it's all so damn tiring, isn't it? And I feel small. I can't do anything to help that Amish farmer who just had the feds crack down on him even further yesterday. We're going to talk about that coming up in the show. I, I can't imagine what it must feel like to be him, to, to, to take a stand against government intervention in private business. And him saying, I don't want to put your antibiotics and your garbage in my meat. It's organic for a reason. And the people who depend on it, who I nourish with, don't want all of the extra stuff that you want to give them. And so now the federal government's cracking down on him. They're refusing his ability to make a living because he dared to defy something he disagreed with. I mean, how is I, how can I as one individual make a difference in that regard? And I feel insignificant. I watch the theatrics of just this sad family saga 
the Biden family. And it's, it's embarrassing and humiliating and it's disgusting and it's so disappointing. And then I watch the, the Congress and their ineptitude and all of it. And it is just so overwhelmingly, tragically <sighs> disappointing. And I feel insignificant. And I said this to Brock on the way into the studio today. As I was recounting what I made for dinner. Not like it matters, but it does. Because it makes me feel like I'm doing something meaningful. And he was just about to open the door to his studio and I was about to open mine. And I said to him, I just feel so small. And he said, that's how they want you to feel. And he's right. All of these stories, all of this madness, the migrants, the students suffering in school districts that are woefully incapable, the university scandals, every echelon of suck in our federal government, the stuff going on in your local governments, just ineptitude and, and abuse and nobody takes responsibility and it never gets better. And they want us to f give in. They want me to replace my American flag with a white sheet of surrender. I know that. And it's a hard thing to fight, my friends. There is that special place you have, though, with the people you love most. Doesn't have to be a big family. Could be a dog in you. Doesn't matter. You are not insignificant. You are not small. And you are not anonymous any more than I am. But if I feel it, I know you feel it. And it can be overwhelming. I get it. But the conversations we have here are important. I'm not going to give you everything everybody else on talk radio is going to give you. I'm going to tell you what it feels like to be a 53-year-old mom of five who loves this country to the point where I do taste it on my tongue. And I have a profound concern for the people in our country who are less fortunate, who have been marginalized, who struggle every single day just to eat the dinner, just to find the food that I have the great pleasure of serving my family every night. So know at about dinner time, Monday through Friday, you're cooking with me and we're fixing up something delicious. And while it might not be tasted across our country, the people most important to us are being fed by our love. Never doubt that. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, Bill O'Reilly loses his mind. Texas grows a pair, right? Very interesting what's going on at Eagle Pass in Texas. And we're going to talk about the pushback. Is it enough? Is it too late? What will it take to get more people on board next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program? Mm -hmm.
I had to laugh at this headline from thehill.com. Texas fences off public park in Eagle Pass without notifying local authorities. This is what makes me angry. We have a story that affects every single one of us. It does not matter what you look like. It does not matter how you vote. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter in which zip code you live. A mass of humanity invading your country affects every single one of us. So that Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, would decide to say, hey, Customs Border Patrol, get the hell out of here. We're taking over. Biden administration wants to cut the razor wire fence. Screw you. Get out. We're taking over. And the Hill.com's headline is that Texas fences off a public park in Eagle Pass without notifying the local authorities. That's your takeaway. This is why left wing journalism, which is what? 98% of it sucks. You people can't get out of your own way. You're going to get lost in the weeds that, oh, somebody forgot to say, hey, hi, uh, Customs and Border Patrol. Yeah, we're moving in, so you need to get out. Instead, they came and said, get out. Ah, How about we celebrate that somebody's doing something? They're going to put those buoys back in the river. Hell yes. The razor wire is back up. A 42-acre park, a major place where the migrants have been crossing. And this crappy publication and this author, Raphael Bernal, who I'm sure is an activist left winger, gets lost in some garbage nonsense and misses the story. Hey, dude, our country is being overrun. Our students are being displaced. And now a growing chorus of crazy Democrat governors is suggesting that we should all do our fair share. It wasn't enough, ladies and gentlemen, that you got that first jab. And then you got the second one because that was fully boosted. And then fully boosted was boosted, boosted. And then now you're up to eight freaking shots. These same clowns are the ones saying, you know what? (laughs) I know you've got kids at home, but you know, you've got an extra bedroom or bed somewhere in your house. Just let somebody in. Why not host a family from God knows where? Because that makes sense. And thehill.com, can you believe Governor Greg Abbott didn't let the proper authorities know? You know what? I don't have time for you, Raphael, you hack. And the way I feel (laughs) is a lot, judging by Bill O'Reilly. Now, I know I don't know Bill O'Reilly. I have had dinner with Bill O'Reilly. I've not ever been a Bill O'Reilly fan. Whatever. Whatever your views on the guy, right? Um, I want you to hear his voice yesterday. (laughs) Because if you close your eyes... And you listen, you can see his hands shaking in your ears. You can see it. You can see his fury as it's taking everything he has to not jump through the camera and choke someone. He's that frustrated. Every now and again, it's refreshing to see someone else feel this way. Because I feel this way. Every daggone day. 
So here's Bill O'Reilly talking about these progressive jerks like Raphael Bernal from The Hill and how he says, I'm over it. I'm done. Get out. Listen. These other progressive things, we got to stop this now. I'm telling you, I don't have any progressive friends anymore. They're gone because I can't stomach them. Criminals running wild, murdering people because progressive DAs funded by George Soros don't want to punish the violent criminals. That's what you're giving me. You support that. Get out of my house. Out. I've had it. Biden is not going to get any better. And the Democratic Party has to get destroyed next November. I don't care whether you like Trump or not. Trump governed this nation in a responsible way where everybody prospered. And if you don't believe that, you're a moron. Every single thing, every single indicator was on positive territory. All the working people, no matter what color they were, were making more money and there were more jobs. We didn't have inflation. We didn't have supply problems. We didn't have any of it. Now we got all of it in addition to an open border. I agree, Bill. I agree, Bill. I got to read just a minute of this Hill article about Abbott taking control of this park. Eagle Pass Mayor Rolando Salinas said he received a call from Texas Department of Public Safety, South Texas Director Victor Escalon, informing him officials were seizing the 47-acre Shelby Park. The action was taken without the city's consent. You've got a Democrat mayor in Eagle Pass, Texas. You've got a Republican governor in Greg Abbott. And this clown who's in charge of Eagle Pass, Texas, is worried about the optics to the Democrat Party. I didn't do it. Greg Abbott and the Republicans came in, those bad guys that want to secure the border, those bad guys who are catching and arresting people crossing into our land, they're taking action. I didn't do it. This is the filth of the machine. People trying to get on board the Democrats suck. Because they see that you're protected. If you're a Democrat, you can break the law. You can ship in hookers from other states and countries. You can lie. You can steal. You can embezzle. You can be part of a bribery scheme. And you can get away with freaking all of it. How dare they play these games at our border? We're just getting started, my friends, because we're going to take you to the second largest school district in the country. Los Angeles Unified, where there's something you need to know about going on. And it's a direct result of these clowns that made Bill O'Reilly's voice quiver. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, I think our our collective awareness, excuse me. I think our collective awareness came alive when the New York Times did that expose on the children, the migrants, unaccompanied children, who from all over the planet have come to make the trek 
through Mexico from wherever their original spot was to get to Mexico to, to march in a caravan and to make it here in the United States. And, and when the New York Times came out and said, 85,000 kids, 85,000 children are missing. We, we don't know where they are, where they went, who, who got them. And you, you know that this administration is inept. You watched what they did with Afghanistan. It was an absolute debacle. And that 13 U.S. service members died is, is beyond explanation. And I, I, I don't have words for that. But, but leaving, what, $70 billion worth of equipment behind for the Taliban? Are we surprised at all at every single calamity that has struck our country that the perseverance and the hard work of people like you and like me has prevented from snowballing into a complete apocalyptic nightmare. I mean, honestly. But 85,000 kids? Gone? I don't know where. And neither Mayorkas nor Chris Ray. Nor anybody could talk about it. Where did they go? Well, I don't know. I mean, there was a coding error. There was a glitch. Does not explain away a cavalier abandonment of the world's children. And yet we are the epicenter of it. That, that, was, that was kind of my frying pan to the face moment because you've heard right you've heard oh pizzagate there's this pedophile thing and there's this thing in hollywood and they believe in this thing called adrenochrome that's in the blood of a child when they're afraid and if you can drink it or you could inject it or and you're like what are you talking about that is so stop it and then you start to realize that it is a much darker world than your little cocoon. It's a lot. I get it. But I think California might just be the Petri dish uh, of the experiment of these globalists. How quickly can we take, you know, 30 odd million people and flush them down the toilet how, how quickly can we render them destitute how quickly can we get them addicted to drugs evicted from their homes thrown somewhere in a tent city by the beach how quickly can we destroy the economy the safety the beauty the normalcy pretty fast pretty freaking fast you have Gavin Newsom, who's blown through tens of billions of dollars by giving preferential treatment to people who cross the border illegally. Free health care, free housing, free everything. It's not free. Any more than the CARES Act was free. Any more than infrastructure was free. It's never free. It's always a gimmick. And so now what do we have? We have Americans 
families who are not just struggling. The homeless epidemic is out of control. Homeless and hungry. So we stumbled upon this story, random act of journalism on NBC News. Random. Reporter named Stephanie Gosk is doing a story with the superintendent of the second largest school district in America, Los Angeles Unified. His name is Alberto Carvalho. And the story is about something that we should never say. That should never be a thing in the greatest place on planet Earth. And yet it is. So this reporter chronicles a a staggering rise in the number of students in the Los Angeles Unified School District who are homeless. Can you imagine being a kid? With all of the stuff that's going on with being a kid, the hormones, the trying to figure it out, the confusion, all of the chemicals going on in your body, it sucks. And then we're going to create an environment, an unstable environment in many schools. We're going to activate a bunch of wacko educators who, who are more, more intent on indoctrinating than educating. And we're going to absolutely punish these students' families with an economy that is unsurvivable for so many in these echelons. This is the story of a young girl. She's 14 years old. And you're going to hear about her briefly. Her name is Vanessa. But, but first, this reporter for NBC sits down. And she's walking and talking to the superintendent of the Los Angeles Unified School District about a major uptick that is going to leave you speechless in student homelessness. Listen to this. Alberto Carvalho runs the second largest school district in the country. Not an easy job, but right now it's harder than ever. We have an access of 13,000 students who are experiencing homelessness. That number increased by close to 19%. An increase in evictions, higher cost of living, and a migrant crisis all leading to more students who don't have a permanent home. I actually do believe that the numbers that we are currently tracking are but the tip of the iceberg. Now, she says specifically they're a migrant crisis. Should our school kids be losing their homes in favor of people who have broken the law to get here? Of course not. You know the answer as well as I do. It's not complicated. 19% increase in Los Angeles school kids' homelessness. How on earth earth can kids learn if they don't have a stable home? How can they be expected to do anything? Right? And then the reporter introduces us to Vanessa. She's 14. Should a 14-year-old have to basically drop out of school to take care of a of a younger brother because her mom is sick? Uh, no, but this is just one young lady of how many tens of thousands just in Los Angeles. Listen. 
like 14-year-old Vanessa. When we met her in the fall, she was living in interim housing, sharing a converted hotel room with her mother and 10-year-old brother. Vanessa just started at the neighborhood high school across the street. The part of my day is probably leaving my mom, especially since she's still stuck here, but... Why is that the toughest? Do you worry about your mom? I worry a lot about my mom most of the time. Her mom suffered a health scare when the school year began and was in the hospital. Vanessa had to stay home from school to take care of her brother. She worries they will end up in foster care. Vanessa says taking care of her family led her to fail her first semester in eighth grade. How is any of this building back better? How is any of this acceptable? How is any of this a platform on which anyone can even consider running for re-election? And you know what the bottom line here is? Not only does this administration not care, they plan to cheat again. They plan to cheat again. They're not even trying. It's like Hillary Clinton. Notice in 2016, she never really campaigned. Much like Joe Biden in 2020. He was stuck in his basement. He was in his hyperbaric chamber. He didn't do a damn thing. And they knew he was going to win. Why? Because it was rigged. Come on. That doesn't make me a conspiracy theorist. That makes me a realist. And then you've got the, the governor of, of Massachusetts doubling down on this nonsense. We've got kids who are homeless, right? We have people who can't get food on the freaking table who are Americans in the year 2024 in the most prosperous place on planet Earth. And all of the people these clowns claim to support. Vote for me. I've got your back. No, I'll screw you the way I've screwed your parents and your grandparents. And people still fall for it. Mystified. Here's Maura Healy. I think that's her name. She's the governor of Massachusetts. Hey, all of you folks out there, make sure you open up your houses to these folks who don't belong here. Go. Most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite (laughs) in your home, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Workers Center for more information. Oh my gosh, you can enough. Step up if you're willing enough. to have And the an goons standing be behind her. Your family. All the Democrat goons standing there. Uh, does nobody say, wait, what? You think that's a viable option to a complete orchestrated, premeditated, planned, scripted debacle, a disaster, an invasion, and you want people to open up their house to Pedro or anybody else from any other country that we haven't vetted that we don't know? What? Yes, of course. That's, that's the way we do things here in America. It's kind. It's loving. It's good. You guys hear about Maine? Maine building these little apartments? Apartment buildings for migrants. What are they paying for them? Zero rent-free apartments paid by the state's taxpayers. Really? Maine's taxpayers footing the bill for new apartments built specifically for newly arrived border crossers and illegal aliens who will have at least two years worth of rent paid for them. Do you know who who could use that? I'm going to go with 14-year-old Vanessa. I'm going to go with her brother. And her mom, who has medical issues. I'm going to go with them. But they don't matter. They said, you know what? There is no great replacement theory. That's so gross. It's totally what it is. 
and they say that out loud. And that's coming up in the program. When we come back, I got to talk to you about this because this is a serious, it's a tenuous issue. You know, no, no American should ever be without housing. And no American should be hungry. And yet the numbers are breathtaking. And I got to take you there next, okay? Do not go anywhere. You're dialed into the Wendy Bell Radio Program back right after this. So let me read a little of this, uh, this story. And you have to love how Democrats, how leftists, how liberals, how progressive socialist, communist people of suck spill the, you know, spin this. Some woman puts out, she's outside this Brunswick, Maine development where they've made these townhomes, right? What do you guys know about when you work for something, right? When you work for something, you need to buy something and you work for it. You take really good care of that something after you buy it because you've got skin in the game. When you give something to someone and they have nothing attached to it ownership-wise, they've got no stake to it. They're not invested in it. They haven't earned it. They don't treat it well, period. Standing outside a beautiful building, cute little townhomes, looks like tall pine trees. You got some snow on the ground. What a beautiful, beautiful folksy scene here. Until you peel back the onion and say, oh, that's right, a bunch of people who don't belong here are going to be staying here for free. While we've got homeless freaking veterans sleeping under bridges. Fantastic. Dozens of people gathered in Brunswick today to celebrate the creation of 60 new units to house asylum seekers. First of all, it's not a celebration. And secondly, they're not asylum seekers. And you know better. As they wait to get work permits... Oh, right. The goal is to move these people out of hotels and shelters and into more stable housing. Why are we surprised by this? Look what they did to Lahaina. They didn't provide housing for the folks who were displaced in Hawaii. They did for the quote unquote government workers who came in to kick everybody out and steal their land. Right here. You guys, you stay over here at the uh, Four Seasons. Right. Five stars. Great. Nice, fresh-squeezed orange juice. Papaya? Absolutely, right? People who live there who got burned out of everything that they were lucky to survive. Sorry. See if there's somebody on another island who can adopt you. Oh, got it. So there's one side of my brain right now thinking about that. And then I stumbled upon this last night. NPR. Millions of American families struggle to get food on the table. Report finds. Is that building back better? Is this such an improvement? Is this so much better than Donald Trump? Of course not. We know better. But, But we're beginning to see how purposeful the demise of our ways of life are. How purposeful it is. How fast it's happening. It's scary. Just putting three meals a day on the table was a struggle for millions of people in the U.S. last year. That's the sobering conclusion of a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. By the way, we'll be talking about them here in just a minute, which found hunger in the U.S. rose sharply in 2022. Well, who can we blame? The report found, God, the report found that 44.2 million people lived in households that had difficulty getting enough food to feed everyone in 2022, up from 33.8 million 
11 million more people in a year say it was a struggle for them to be able to feed their families. Those families include more than 13 million children experiencing food insecurity, a jump of nearly 45% in 2021. And you want to tell me that people out there are too stupid to see that Joe Biden, the face of this, because it's much bigger and deeper and darker than, than Joe Biden, that they want to lie to you and they want to create this illusion that it's neck and neck, that it's Donald Trump's America versus Joe Biden's build back better. Everything they have done has been a purposeful and unmitigated disaster. And while we can weather certain storms, Vanessa, who's 14 in Los Angeles, shouldn't be living in a one-room modified hotel room with her mother and brother any more than any child in the United States should go to bed hungry. How, how do Democrats defend this? How do you put a sign in your yard? How do you go to a polling place without feeling ashamed? How do you look around your own community and, and feel the trepidation that everyone has, the walking on eggshells, the feeling of discontent, as though anything dangerous could happen at any time. I didn't used to feel like that, but I do now. These numbers are more than statistics. This is Tom Vilsack, Secretary of Agriculture. What are you doing, Tom? You making it easier for farmers to grow, truckers to drive, stores to stock their shelves, or are you part of the administration? that sucks the life and the livelihood out of people who want to do the most important jobs we have to feed us, to get us the supplies we need to run our families. So that that feeling I have every day, though it takes me two hours to do it from scratch as I might make dinner, sometimes beautifully, oftentimes not, that we have the privilege in America to have food at our fingertips. These numbers are more than statistics, he said. They paint a picture of just how many Americans faced the heartbreaking challenge last year of struggling to meet a basic need for themselves and their children. Why is it so bad, Tom? Why is everything so bad? They want you feeling this way because the more you feel this way, the more likely you are to get out that white flag and to wave it. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go back to Amos Miller's farm, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They're not done with tyranny. There's plenty of that going around next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.